Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Welcome to the podcast, conscience that made us. Interviews and stories, tales from the bus. We love taking you back to when it all went down. The greatest live shows and that cheering crowd sound. It's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us.com. Hi, this is Peter from Fourth Sun South. You are listening to Concerts That Made Us. Where have the times gone? And where are we now? Listen to my heart 
Peter, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Well, thank you so much and thanks for having me. It's great to have you now. I'm really looking forward to diving into the band and diving into your music now over the next bit. So you guys released your track The Moon on the 5th of May. It's a great song. I feel a mix of maybe Fleetwood Mac, Foo Fighters and possibly a bit of Pearl Jam in there. What's the story with the song? Well, thanks first for uh, that comparison. I uh, I can live with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the ah, the story is, um, I think I saw a uh, a program on uh, all the influences the moon has got on our lives, and they are lots. The moon influences your moods. The moon influences your love life. The moon foresees the future and will tell you how long you will live. And then, of course, on the other side, the moon is just a ball in the sky, and you yourself are responsible for what happens in your life. And uh, so I try to uh, play those uh, sides against one another. Right, right. And what was the production like on the song, from, you know, writing it, coming up with the ideas, to recording and release? Um. I did write the music first of this one, as actually with most of my songs that uh, that I write, I first completely put uh, the no, not completely, but put the music together. Got a demo for the music. Then I uh, I came with that story I just told you. I wrote those lyrics, and then. Basically, I got everyone one by one, uh, including myself, uh, in in here in studio uh, to record their parts. Uh, we went out to record drums because uh, apparently my neighbors are uh, not a fan of having drums here in the home record in the home studio. Uh, but everything else uh, recorded here again. Then I made a mix. Um, but for uh, sake of unbiasedness, I uh, I had uh, someone else do uh, do mixing and mastering uh, to my uh, to my contentment. Right, right. And when it comes to to new music, then is this? Do you kind of take charge? You write the lyrics, write the music, and you bring it to the band and say, "Right, guys, we're recording this," or is it much more a collaborative effort? Um, as I said, I, I, I normally, yeah, well, up to now I've written all the songs, um, and I, I make them in a, in a demo state. So yes, I make an arrangement. Uh, I write, uh, a bass line, a very rudimental drum line because yeah, uh, you can't do everything. Um, uh, make a vocal arrangement. But of course, the bass player is—he uh, comes up with his own ideas for uh, for uh, for bass lines, and uh, the four vocal. No, okay, one of them is me, but uh, the other three vocalists. Uh, then I can I can make nice uh, vocal arrangement, but uh, of course, if they have ideas, then 
oh well let's see yeah yeah and i know it's only been seven days or so since it's been released but how has the reaction been so far i must say i'm pleasantly surprised um the song has been picked up by a really multitude of uh of radio stations and uh yeah so it's, it's had a very good response and uh we must still see where that all uh where that all goes our last single was uh quite successful uh was on uh, many charts and uh well if we can come any close to that or even better then uh, i will be uh very happy <laughs> yeah i was going to mention your uh last single i think it's the cold you're you picked that one to include in this episode that must have felt like an amazing accomplishment when it landed on the charts i know it hit number one on the five fm indie chart uh, yeah correct that's correct yeah no that was uh i really had to check well 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 by a bit yeah okay it says five fm um okay um who pulled a joke at me um let me check that uh but no it was it was really so and uh yeah but no complaints yeah yeah i'm not surprised and the band can be traced back to 2018 with your solo release it has since obviously evolved into a full band personally what has the journey been like since then Ooh, uh, kind of a roller coaster i'd imagine uh, <laughs> um yeah i don't think well, well in 2018 uh, indeed i i released a uh a solo pro project and that was a a complete story of uh instrumental music which i'd written and uh yeah it was time to to do something with that so i just needed to get that off my chest at that time i uh i also did uh, apart from playing in uh, in a couple of bands i did my uh, solo busking uh on acoustic at that point my longtime uh, bass player and uh, hey shall i join you and before we know we knew it we had uh, okay guys we're gonna start a band <laughs> uh well we've had a couple of changes uh expansions uh at some point it was uh yeah, it's all nice, but we really would like to have two guitars because it gives you uh, the possibility to make counterpoints, uh, to play a solo whilst the music actually still goes on. Our last EP contained one song with a female vocalist uh, whilst I wrote, uh, the song was called Tomorrow's Better. And when I wrote that song, I knew, ah, oh, this is going to be a duet. And I, uh, I found someone willing to come sing on that single. Um, but that was as far as she was willing to go. But then I had, hmm, this is very nice. So we went looking out and also that took a turn or two uh, to find a, uh, a female vocalist to really complete it. Um, in September, uh, that vocalist, that vocalist, her name is Sarah, and she joined us. And with Bernard, the bass player, who also has got a fantastic voice, uh, Carl, 
the drummer, who can also hold a tune. Uh, all of a sudden, I had uh, four vocalists in the band, and I could do what I actually always had envisioned, and that is not only make the rock and roll that I would like to make, but also have the the vocal harmonies on there that I always loved. You know, Sarah Jade Gardner, obviously she joined the band. What was it like trying to find another vocalist? Is there an abundance of vocalists? I've heard it's quite the opposite when it's uh, when it comes to drummers that they're a bit like hen's teeth. What's it like with vocalists? Um, they are they are out there. Um, in this case, I um, contacted a friend of mine who also hosts uh, several open mics, and he is uh, he's he's good. He's got a good feeling of uh, the new talents that are out there because hey, he sees them uh, come and go. So I asked him, uh, "Hey, is there any uh, is there any girl out there that you've seen recently where you said, yeah, that's that one is a special one.'" And he pointed me to to Sarah, and uh, pointed me to uh, a couple of recordings that she had made, and. Uh, well, I sent her a message and I said, uh, oh, hey, uh, it's Peter from, uh, no, actually, I didn't say, I said, hey, it's Peter, and uh, would you like to uh, to be in a band? And she said, oh, 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 well, I uh, well, I never thought about that, but uh, tell me more. I said, well, I've got a band, it's called Fourth Sun South. She said, oh, this is amazing, my mom is a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that made life easy. Uh, and um, a week later, she was uh, here recording her vocals for The Cold. And, uh, 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 well, life has gone very fast since then. We've gone uh, on, a, on a long tour. Everything has been great since. And her, 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 her complete performance has, has grown in leaps and bounds. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, I usually like to dive into my guests' musical history to give the listeners a sense of where their influences and all come from. So if you can now, can you remember your earliest musical memory? Uh, most certainly. Um, as the name of the band might uh, indicate, I, I do have three elder brothers and they all loved to play DJ, they all spent all their money on uh, loud as possible uh, hi-fi systems and uh, record collections, uh, much to the dismay of my parents. And um, the eldest one was in the Beatles, uh, the second one into uh, Pink Floyd, and the third one into Deep Purple. And um, so that was... Uh, punched into me. Uh, I remember the very first time I saw an acoustic guitar and I must have been four or five and I, from that moment I knew this is what I want. Unfortunately, I had to wait until I was eight until I was allowed to go for guitar lessons and uh, start playing. So basically, I well, I'm I'm, I'm very glad with the the thorough introduction into the classics 
that I had from my, my brothers and um, that has been I've been taking it up from there yeah and I always say when it comes to your teenage years you know it's very intertwined with music any memories of your teenage years usually there's a song for each stage of it what kind of music were you exposed to growing up in your teenage years and how do you think it molded you as the musician you are today because uh, if I if I'm going to dive deep into this, uh, that immediately uh, reveals my age. But um, <laughs> ah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, my teenager years. Um, that was the early eighties, and um, at that time, apart from uh, I had two distinct different things that I would listen to. And it's the first is, is a rock in all its forms. And especially me listening to the guitar parts. But at that time I also listened to, uh, I, I loved uh, the disco and uh, the, the new wave that was, uh, that was uh, flourishing at that time. Ah. It's a good mix, a good mix. And yeah. um, what was your local music scene like then for gigs at that stage? At that time, I still lived in the in the Netherlands. Uh, I had my own band. And I, as far as I remember, but yeah, we just played every week. And uh, that was, uh, 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 it was, it was a load of fun. But that's kind of where it stopped. Uh, it was probably in my in my late twenties that I joined more serious bands that made uh, original music and that uh, that performed well. Ah, I see, I see, and it is concerts that made us after all. So I have to ask, as a concert goer, what concerts do you think have made you? <laughs> um. What concert made me? Um, no, that's not the best concerts I've seen because they probably came later. Uh, but uh, seeing Toto live was uh, a real eye opener for me. Okay, okay. What was it about uh, Toto that really opened your eyes? Um, of course, we. I knew the music. Uh, it's um, it's interesting. Uh, though polished, it is still uh, complicated music. But live, they uh, they had so many people on stage that were uh, singing in harmony, and that uh, and that was fantastic. And of course, uh, Mr. Steve Lukata is. Uh, beast on the on the guitar <laughs> when it comes to going to gigs then attending gigs what makes a good show for you what do you look for um there's a there's a couple of aspects uh of of course i would like to have a good sound um and that starts but it starts with those that are on stage should be able to play uh their music right um having their instruments and voices sound good 
And of course, the visual aspect is uh, maybe as important. Um, usually people say, I go watch a concert uh, instead of I'm going to listen to a concert. Mm. Yeah, true, actually. That's a good point. Yeah. And for any listeners then that haven't caught one of your shows, what can they expect? Give them the full experience if you can. <laughs> All right. Um, well, our lineup is, uh, we are a five-piece band, uh, drums, bass, two guitars, and a, a singer, but both drummer, bass player, and myself also sing. So you have four vocals, which leads to a, uh, a rich tapestry of uh, vocal harmonies. We have a uh, the guitarist who is not bound to the microphone, uh, Dale. He uh, usually uh, runs around, jumps up and down, and, and dances. Uh, Sarah is absolutely gorgeous. And so I have no idea why Dale is uh, running around so much, because nobody's looking at him. <laughs> uh, and if the sound is good, um, and that is, uh, of course, always a bit depending on the, on, on the venue, uh, what the acoustics are there, and uh, the sound engineer. But in general, we have good sound engineers. Then you can hear uh, within that uh, our music. Uh, we often, as I refer to, we we had, like to have some counterpoints uh, between guitars, bass. Um, so that you have different melodies weaving through another, top that with uh, uh, a rich vocal harmonies and uh, and a uh, an energetic show. Then, uh, yeah, that's Fourth Sun South. Right, right. And I have to ask, where does the love of vocal harmonies come from for you? Because I feel like not as many bands nowadays. You know, it's not as important or they don't concentrate fully on it, like, say, the Beatles and the Beach Boys back in the days. You know, they were all about the vocal harmonies. Where does it come from for you? Um, it is it is mostly from, indeed, uh, the, the older bands, uh, but also from having uh, seen uh, several big productions uh, live where you usually have an abundance of vocalists and absolutely love that yeah yeah it is a it is a nice little bonus when you when you go to see a band and they're they're on top of their game with their harmonies all right and back to your gigs is there a gig experience you've had out of the gigs you've played that you revisit over and over in your mind as maybe the best gig you've done so far phew well last night's one was uh, pretty good there are there are many. There is one gig, and but that's probably because of the sheer immensity. And that was back in the day uh, when I was still in the Netherlands, and uh, we played for with a big production for twenty thousand people, and that is a absolute fantastic experience. Those are that's burnt into my into my memory, uh, especially the moment after uh, you've done uh, your you've been there basically uh, at the venue the whole day because it was a big production. Uh, everything needed to be properly set up with a whole lot of light, and there was a lot of space. It was outdoors, 
and we went in for a dinner and I came out and I was uh, standing in one of the wings looking through the cloth to see if there might be already some people. And there was a, a mass of people as far as the eye could see. And I, um, okay. <laughs> I still have not topped that one. And, and, and it's been a while. But uh, uh, with Falls on South, uh, we've had several uh, festivals where we topped uh, it's 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 always question. Can you top at the right moment? Can you peak at the right moment? And uh, so far, every time we played a big festival, everyone was really on top of their game, and uh, and and played really fantastic shows. Not to get too negative now, but to flip it around. Out of every gig you've played in your lifetime, is there one that you would consider the worst gig experience, and how did you deal with it? Uh, apart from my very first gig, which was when I was uh, 15 years old uh, and got shouted out, uh, Hey, Dumbo, go play something else. Um, yeah. How did I deal with it? Not so good. But um, on our last tour, for example, we had one of the gigs and it really... It's, the energy was not there. Uh, I don't think it was really mistakes, but it does not feel it, it does not feel nice. And, and and you have the feeling it's everything was like molasses. It didn't glue right. And the only thing you do is, uh, come guys, um, why, how, why? Um, and 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 get your concentration, focus uh, properly before the next. And it was one show. Before that, it was great, and after that, it was great. But yeah, it's sometimes I don't have the impression that the audience was so much uh, that they that that they were noticing so much that the things were not right, but that we felt it. Yeah, and. Say you have a gig like that then and say the audience are kind of, they're not into the music or they're not really going with you with the music. What do you do as the front man to win the audience over? Kind of the same as, um, weirdly enough, an audience can be won over in between the songs and um, you pull them in by uh, a story about this song which brings it more to life and try to get your your energy level just that that bit higher um which also which also generally works that's what they always say about a gig it's the the stories and the interactions in between the songs that really make it you know they're the things that stand out in your mind when you think back to a gig that you've been to i find anyway yeah no it's true it's true. Um, thank goodness, I, if need be, there is a story about every song. So, <laughs> yeah. Good, good. And how do you approach getting your music out and gaining new fans and new listeners? Well, first, we try creating good songs. 
always important. It helps. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but most definitely, our uh, our promoter uh, Devo from Devo Graphic, he helps us a lot. Um, he gets us. Uh, uh, he gets the attention of uh, of uh, a lot of radio stations, and uh, yeah, that that's what helps. Uh, and if you can support, if you can back that up with uh, with good live shows, uh, then you get the people. True, true. And as a musician, as a band at your level, how do you approach finding gigs and touring? Is it is it easy? Is there plenty of places to? Go on tour and go play. Um, it is difficult, and I won't lie. Um, it it feels as if the amount of places where one can play uh, with full band get less and less each year. Uh, as a result, uh, we, we we also have a uh, spin off product called Fourth Sun South Light, where we uh, play acoustic. Um, which is uh, easier to put away uh, uh, at venues. And, and then it's uh, the three of us, uh, bass player Berman, Bernard, uh, Sarah, and myself. And it's an acoustic guitar, a bass guitar, and three vocals. Touring, for a weird reason, is easier because then you... Basically, approach every venue. Also, we then pick uh, a route uh, littered with potential places and call them all and say, uh, "No, uh, we're on the road and we're coming. Uh, we're coming near. Uh, can we play with? Uh, can we play?" And um, that makes it easier than if you go uh, here in the neighborhood, yeah, we we are uh, one of the local bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, and I always ask, what kind of antics do you guys get up to when you're on the road when you're touring? Hmm, not so much, actually. Uh, actually, this last tour, uh, we we mostly stuck together. And apart from uh, breaking both vehicles, but that was not done on purpose, they just broke down both, which uh, led to uh, a lot of problems. But um, the antics, no, not so much. We stuck a, a stuck together and uh, we uh, uh, went to the beach, went to visit uh, another concert had dinner together uh, most of the time uh, most places we uh, all slept together in one room it was it was really great mm. sounds more like a you're describing a family holiday than a band on tour <laughs> I like it <laughs> um, they are my children and I took them along and uh, <laughs> in between <laughs> we played a couple of gigs <laughs> <laughs> and you know when it comes showtime what is your pre-show and post-show ritual? How do you psych yourself up and how do you wind down? For myself, I like to be at a venue well in advance. Uh, I hate coming in, setting up sound checking and immediately having to play. I, I, I like to taste 
uh, the stage get a bit of a feel for for the vibe of the place. Um, usually half an hour in advance, I uh, I like to sit with the band and just and then we we usually just talk nonsense. Of course, one of the two of the things that are uh, also important is uh, like fifteen minutes before show a pre-show shot with the band and uh, of course five minutes before you go onto stage the pre-show pee <laughs> always important not to forget that um, there is no way you can forget it um, even if you go ten minutes before showtime five minutes before showtime you have to go again <laughs> yeah something you don't want to be uh, in the middle of a set and realize you have to go well thank goodness uh, to my uh, pavlov uh need to go five minutes before show i've never had that first show it's there's not so much ritual uh apart from uh giving each other a hug and then we usually uh go have a chat with uh, with the audience. Right. And, you know, say Saturday night, you play an absolutely massive, brilliant gig. Goes perfectly. You go home, wake up Sunday morning. It's back to reality. How do you kind of deal with that feeling? No, that's... Because it's kind of normal. We did have it... Uh, we did have the post-tour blues where uh, you've come home and, uh, okay, the first two days you sleep. And after that is, uh, yeah, I, I, I miss my family. I miss my, uh, I miss, I miss playing. Uh, where's the next gig? And thank goodness then the next gig is, is only uh, a couple of days away instead of each day. But uh, after a good gig, feeling content and, um, Looking forward to the next one. Always look forward. And, um, you know, as a band, then, how do you guys measure success? The, uh, it's, a, it's a sliding scale. Uh, of course, at first you, uh, you play a gig and people like it, and that is a big success. Um, later you get your, your first airplay on the radio of course, then you are already famous as hell because the whole world has heard this because it was on radio. <laughs> when you get an interview, wow, this is fantastic. That people actually are interested in 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 it, if there is any story behind what we do. Um, later comes uh, the first time in the charts. I must say that is it's it's a bit uh, surreal. Uh, uh, going on tour is is also one of these uh, great adventures, and still, we always want more. We always <laughs> want more. Yeah, yeah, and you know, say twenty, thirty years time, you look back at your career with music. What do you want your legacy to be? It would be nice if some of my songs are still alive. That. Uh, I would very much appreciate. 
other than that, if I can look back onto uh, a long period of successfully making music, I hope I will still be making more. I cannot think of any other way than that I would still be making music by that time because I would like to go on until I keel over. But another aspect is that I would have liked to um, mentored people to success. Oh, that's a good one, actually. It's one I haven't heard before. Yeah, it's. Um, I enjoy. Uh, I've 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 been in the game for a while, and I still absolutely love to see young bands just pure passion. And if well, at least if they have that, I enjoy that very much, and I I love to 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 chat with them, uh, give them advice. And 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 the same goes for uh, for my bandmates, and they're all uh, quite a bit younger than me, and uh, so I I I have the feeling I I do have things to share for them. Yeah, yeah, of course. The amount of experience you have, you know, it couldn't uh, it couldn't be gained overnight. You know, it'd always be great to to get the insights from you. And before we dive into the last couple of questions, then. What are your future plans? I know you've an EP coming down the line. What can you tell us about it at this stage? Um, the EP uh, itself, very little, um, because we still have not really decided on whether the songs, uh, and that started with the cold, uh, a couple of songs that we've written in between, uh, we've recorded a couple, um, if we are going to uh, release that as an EP or continue releasing singles, I've uh, I've seen over the past years that uh, audiences less and less tend to uh, listen to other songs than the singles, and yeah, I do love albums, EPs. Uh, because you have those complementary songs that combined with your with your singles make a complete story but i also have yeah it's an extra investment and seeing that the music consumption is is individual songs so much more than uh, complete eps or albums uh, i don't know yet yeah it's a it's a tricky business nowadays it's not like it used to be with albums and EPs. It is. And any upcoming gigs you'd like to tell us about? Um, we had a plan uh, for a mid-year uh, tour. However, it has been uh, kind of cancelled by both our drummer and bass player, uh, who are brothers, and uh, told us, uh, no, in... Uh, South African winter, we are going for a month and a half to South America. Um, so that is not happening. We do have, the, there are several festivals uh, uh, where we are playing. We have a normal gigs. So uh, unfortunately, probably we will only be going on tour in uh, December. Thank goodness I do have uh, other bands and, uh, and projects, uh, including... Our Sarah, 
who also has a uh, a uh, solo thing. Well, not solo because um, at the moment um, she plays with a guitarist, which is me, uh, and we are busy getting a band together. And um, there we are planning to go on tour whilst. Uh, the, the other half of fourth and south is uh, visiting other continents. <laughs> Sound like a very busy man. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it is also a necessity if you want to make your life out of music. Uh, you have to do a lot of things. True, true. Right, we'll uh, we'll dive into the last couple of questions. So, if you could see any performer from history in concert for one night only, who would it be? Mm. Um, this is probably an answer that might change uh, depending on which day uh, that's very similar to the question I re regularly get is oh, what is your favourite guitarist well uh, it depends a bit on the, on the mood I'm in um, right now my favourite performer uh, would be uh, Freddie Mercury. Ah, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's something I I have heard before, as you can imagine. Uh, uh, I know I have no uh, doubts about that. Um, he was one of the greatest, uh, both vocally and performance-wise. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The way he could just hold an audience in the palm of his hand. He was a true master at it. Exactly. Yeah. And the next one, so it's a bit of a weird one. If you had to spend 24 hours locked in a room with any musician from history, who would it be? Oh, dear. Um, uh, it is indeed a tricky question because uh, you can have your, your uh, musical hero but there could be really, really nasty people in uh, in uh, normal life, uh, which would make those twenty four hours extremely unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> possibly um, one of my earliest guitar heroes uh, was Gary Moore, and um, I've always had an immense uh respect for him and uh his uh winding career and um if he would be willing to well his ghost in this case uh would be willing to uh to tell me his stories i would be listening yeah that would be a fun one though he would have plenty and plenty of stories and he when he was alive he was one of those people that he seemed like he would be really down to earth and there wouldn't be an ego um exactly yeah 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 and the final one so what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life <laughs> a lot of guitar and vocal harmonies uh <laughs> what song sure well that depends a bit on the timing of my death um hopefully my biggest hit okay and i have no idea if i've already written it uh <laughs> yeah um there are there are so many songs um uh, that i have enjoyed over the 
over the years. Um, and um, most of them speak to me because of, uh, of their musicality. Um, I have... Uh, it's, 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 it's very weird, but I have never been too much into, into lyrics. Lyrics have been, for me, also just another instrument, uh, vocals. So there are there are a lot of uh, songs that I absolutely admire, and uh, where people say, "Yeah, but uh, lyrics are not so much saying." Either. Well, actually, now that you mention it, yeah, you might be right. Okay, if I have to choose any song other than that I have written myself at this moment, I would say uh, "Comfortably Numb" by Pink Floyd. It's a very good choice. That is a very good. That, I can't even speak. That's a very good <laughs> choice. <laughs> it's uh, definitely up there with one of the greatest songs ever written. I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Then again, if you ask me the question tomorrow, you probably get a different answer. True. All depends on the mood and the time of the day, and you know whatever is going on at the moment. Right. Listen, Peter, it's been an absolute blast now. I've really enjoyed getting some insights into your music. Well, thank you so much for having me.
Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show is over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here.